ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports Tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Kayla Yakov, how are you? And welcome to ATV Talk. I'm great. How are you? It's okay if the phone falls over. We'll, we'll fix it. <laughs> um, hey, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I know we had a, a little bit of a miscue on, on getting together, but uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you ride in the Junior Cup of Superbike. Yep, Moto America. That is incredible. You're 15 years old? Yep, just turned 15. That's uh, last month. Last month, the month that you won. It was actually that weekend. Yeah. Birthday weekend. Wow. That's incredible. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, So we went out to uh, Ridge Motorsports Park. I think the weekend of it was the 24th through the 26th, I believe, uh, of June. And yeah, the 24th was my birthday. So, uh, you know, go out. We had a great weekend. I was in the top three in all sessions and uh, ended up in, in race two coming out with a win. And, it, you know, obviously it's been a challenging year for me in Junior Cup uh, and a lot of ups and downs. But it was really cool to get that um, at the Ridge. So when you say that it's been tough for you, is it because you're entering a new division or is the machine harder to ride? What what seems to be the, the issues for you this year? Yeah, we've just had, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, I guess crazy things happened to us in, in the last few, you know, uh, in, in the season, I should say, you know, in Atlanta, we have, uh, you know, not, not the best qualifying and free practice. And then, uh, you know, we go into the races and, uh, I end up coming across the line at first, but then getting, uh, penalized for, uh, passing under a waving yellow that, uh, you know, obviously sparked some controversy when, with, uh, Moto America and stuff, but, you know, uh, that was definitely a setback, uh, a minor setback and, you know, going into the next few rounds, I just, you know, had a lot of crashes that weren't really my fault and, uh, yeah, got injured tore my ACL and MCL at Virginia international raceway. And, uh, yeah, so had some, uh, crazy races where, you know, I, I was, uh, almost, I was leaning on the last straightaway, getting drafted to the line coming, uh, you know, coming really close to those, to those victories, but, um, you know, just missing out. So, uh, yeah, it was really cool to finally get that 
high of winning again. You know, it was uh, very difficult from Atlanta to to really think about it and try to regroup and get back into it. But I'm I'm glad we have that, you know, monkey off of our backs. So you won Atlanta and they took it away from you? Yeah. Yep. Really? Um, Did you pass under the yellow? Yeah. I mean, we come down into the last corner and, uh, or I would say, I would say it's the last corner because it's the last corner that you can really pass in. Uh, It was, I think like the second or third to last corner, but it's our last real passing opportunity before everything gets really tight again. So uh, all weekend I was really strong in that corner and uh, it's me and five other riders and uh, you know, everyone's in draft and we all pull out of draft and we're all going for the same spot. And I just position myself on the inside uh, with, you know, five guys next to me and you know, was what it was. I thought, you know, I won and I didn't see anything wrong with it, but um, turns out there was a yellow flag in the corner worker station on the other side of the track from where I was. And uh, I couldn't see it because of the five bikes that were next to me. So, uh, you know, obviously um, it was a tough call on race control, but is what it is. Uh, obviously I, I, I wish it didn't go that way. Uh, there's nothing I could have really done. Um, but it is what it is. And we, uh, finally got that win. What position were you in when you were going into the turn? So at the top of the hill, um, I was drafting by some people and went, I was in third, but then I got drafted coming down the hill and I ended up being in fifth or sixth, and then just outbroke everyone into uh into 10a just went for it because i had nothing to lose um it was already a bad weekend and i already wanted to to try to make up for it so just went to the inside and ended up coming out of the corner at first and led to the line wow i would like to talk to that steward (laughs) that's what a lot of people said that just doesn't well yeah, we've all lived through bad calls. You know, I'm glad that you did get your win out of there. Um, let me ask you this question. You race against primarily, primarily men. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do they take you? You know, I've uh, raced with men all my life, basically. I, you know, there's some girls here and there, but uh, it's primarily been men. Uh, and everyone really sees me as a racer at this point. I've been doing it for so so long. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys I've raced, I race with now I've been racing with for a while. So, uh, they all take it really well. We're all just, you know, competitors on the track and try to ride our own races and have fun doing it. That's pretty amazing. What kind of machine do you ride? So at the moment, uh, in, you know, the, the class I'm in right now, uh, which is the Moto America STG junior cup, uh, I ride a Kawasaki Ninja 400 for Altus Motorsports. Really? Is that, is it a fun bike to ride? Oh, uh, it's really fun. Yeah. I think it's, it's a cool bike to uh, race on. Obviously I, I'd want to be on a bigger bike <laughs> at some point uh, because, you know, obviously it's not the, uh, the fastest bike on the, in the grid. It still goes about, you know, 135 miles an hour, but uh, compared to, you know, the super bikes, I feel like, uh, I want to be on something a little bit faster, but I'm happy with it right now. The bike's pretty cool. Uh, it's, we've gotten it to the point now where it's handling where I want it to be. Um, and you know, 
we're just going to keep chipping away at it. Okay. Let's go back in time a little bit. And I, well, I say a little bit for you, it's a little bit for me. It's a lot of it, but um, <laughs> how did you get into road racing? Yeah. So uh, my dad raced uh, motorcycles for 15 years. And uh, you know, when I was younger, I always was into like motorsports. I actually started out racing go-karts um, when I was three and uh, I didn't really like it as much. It was fun, but not really what I wanted to do at the time. You know, I had a lot of other things I, I guess I wanted to do as a three-year-old. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, uh, I ended up finding some of the stuff that my dad used to do, you know, he raced and um, he was going pretty well. And there was a, uh, you know, I think I was looking at, road racing world. Um, and he had a small picture in there and, uh, you know, I just wanted to try it. It was really cool. And he took me to the track and, uh, we watched the practices, uh, doing flat track, uh, of course, because I was too young to do, uh, any road racing at the time, but watched practice went out and that's as soon as I went out for my first practice session, I knew that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. And how old were you at that point? Uh, three and a half or four. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of machine were you riding? Huh? What kind of machine were you riding? Uh, I, I think my first bike was a Suzuki JR 50. (laughs) that's so awesome so flat track is where you get your start and steel shoe the whole nine yards or did you wait a little while yeah well we uh we went i got up until you know i was doing flat track up, up until i think i was about six or seven uh you know at that point i was doing i got into my got myself into motocross and road racing and uh, we were doing all three at the time, flat track, motocross and road racing. And, uh, you know, obviously at that point, my dad was like, OK, we can't do them all. So we have to pick, you know, one or two. And, you know, I decided to pick road racing and um, I continued to do, you know, flat track and motocross here and there. But nothing like I was you know, committed to road racing with. So um, when I was seven, that's what I started uh, consistently doing and it's gone pretty well. So you still flat track today? I try to as much as possible, you know, uh, we got to get the bikes back, but, um, I've done a couple events here and there. Um, some of my friends do flat track whenever I go to their houses, I'll do some, um, you know, my racing friends and, and road racing, because a lot of the road racers, uh, like to do flat track as a, um, training, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I try to get some in. That's, that's incredible. I have flat tracked, um, enjoyed it when I was, uh, a sophomore in high school, I was opting out of football to flat track race and, <laughs> um, the, the race series ended or we, I think my bike broke or something, something happened. And I ended up back on the football field, but we went racing for a short period of time and, uh, in Southern California, that's pretty difficult to do because yeah. not, not much flat track. Uh, all, yeah. of the, all of the racetracks that I've raced, um, but two have closed. So it, it's kind wow. of, a, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this question now because it's nagging at me. Who's your favorite guy to watch? Um, 
at the moment, I, you know, obviously for me, my, my main idols have always been Nikki Hayden, uh, and Mark Marcus. And obviously right now, uh, totally Nikki passed away in 2017 and then Marcus is out due to injury. Um, but, uh, I like Fabio Quadraro in MotoGP, um, and world Superbike. I like to watch, uh, top rack. Um, and I think in Moto America, I, I like all the Superbike guys. They're all really nice and really good riders. Uh, same with Super Sport. I like a lot of the guys there. So, um, but yeah, I think that right now, I think the main guy I've probably watched here in America, I think that um, probably, I would say this year, there's a lot of guys to to uh, keep your eyes on because obviously we having Danilo Petrucci come over from MotoGP into Moto America paddock was really cool. Uh, Gagne, obviously the reigning champion has done really well. Peterson, uh, Cam Peterson is doing really well. Same with uh, Matthew Skoltz and a lot of the other guys, PJ Jacobson and things. So there's a lot of guys on my, on my list to watch. Do you get to ride with any of them? I have before some of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, ex superbike rider Josh Heron. I used to ride at his house a lot. Uh, he actually um, rode with me a lot when I was younger, and kind of got me to that point where I was starting to progress more and more. Um, but yeah, I've ridden with some of them, and it's it's really cool. I hear that you have a fan from overseas. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I well, raised overseas. This fan is the mother of one of the men that you because I can't say his name because I just, it doesn't roll off my tongue. I apologize. I don't want to. Yes. There yeah. is. His mother is quite the fan of you. Yeah, it was really cool. I, uh, I actually met Petrucci that weekend that I won um, because I like the war horse Ducati guys, which is his team uh, because I, obviously his teammate is Josh Heron. So I know Heron and then I know uh, Farachi who's, uh, one of the team owners and, you know, sponsors of, of the team. And, uh, you know, it was, I've always been really cool with, with the Ducati guys and I uh, got to meet Danilo and we talked for a bit and he was telling me about his mom and how uh, she, she liked to watch my races and my racing, which is really cool to hear because obviously he's one of the biggest guys in the paddock and uh, one of the biggest riders in the world. Uh, racing in MotoGP and things, uh, actually a MotoGP race winner. So it was really cool to uh, have that experience and hear him talk about it. That that has got to that's got to be a feather in your cap that that the mother of one of the fastest men on the planet is watching you. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, I bet it is. Um, what did your parents think? Cool. Yeah, they they really enjoy it. Obviously, uh, you know, my my dad travels with me everywhere. And, uh, he's kind of my mechanic and crew chief and all of those things. There's a lot of work <laughs> at the track. Um, so it's obviously cool for him to come with me and, and see how I'm progressing. And, uh, you know, uh, same with my mom, my mom really enjoys the way I'm progressing. Uh, obviously it's, uh, challenging because they don't obviously want to see their kid out there and, you know, uh, racing with these guys, but it's uh it's really cool and they're really happy with what i've done and, uh kind of the the presence i've built for myself you were telling me about your dad being the mechanic and uh taking care of all your machine um 
has he, he's always been your mechanic. He's always been your guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since I've started, you know, he's kind of uh, been the guy who's, who's done all the work for me. Uh, obviously I'm not the most mechanically inclined. Um, pretty much been the, the rider for most of the time. Uh, so, uh, I've tried to help him the best I can, but he does a lot of the work. That's that, that's what dads are for, you know, especially yeah. dads that know how to turn wrenches. Um, if your your lower divisions that you raced in, what size were the machines that, that you rode in, in the lower divisions? Yeah, so um, in years prior, I've uh, ridden smaller bikes. Uh, before I raced Moto America, I actually raced in club series. Uh, and there I, I'd ride my, uh, I think I had a, a Milwaukee 250. Then I got onto a Honda NSF 250. Uh, and then I got onto a Kramer 690, which is a basically a KTM 690 uh, motor. And then uh, I got into Junior Cup. And um, since then, it's it, you know I've been on the 400. Um, but yeah, have have you ridden one of the bigger bikes? I'm sorry, the internet cut out real quick. Have you been? Have you ridden one of the bigger bikes? I've been on bigger bikes before. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been on 600s, uh, 750s, uh, yet to be on the, on the 1000, but, uh, hopefully in this off season, I'm, I'm able to, uh, maybe get out, hop on one and do a, do a track day or something. So how long will you be in junior cup? Um, I hope not for too long. You know, I, I I'd like to keep progressing and, uh, hopefully go up to the, the larger classes next year, uh, whether that be, you know, a super sport bike, I think is where I'd, I'd like to be, uh, you know, going forward there, there are a lot of really great, um, opportunities and, uh, programs that I'm a part of. So, uh, we'll see, but I'd like to go up at some point in the, in the near future. Is there points configuring how, whether you go up or not, or is it just your abilities um, and skills it's mainly opportunities that are given you know handed to us uh that obviously you you must earn with uh prior racing and, and things like that but uh you know obviously with this year going as well as it has it's brought up great opportunities and uh you know hopefully uh we can keep progressing in the season and more and more will come but um you know as of right now we're just going to focus on this year, get this year over with, hopefully finish out well. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's great. I, I'd like to see you on one of those bigger bikes. Uh, I've got to see a little bit of the, of the smaller machine. You look fantastic uh, skill set wise. And it, how much different is it between the smaller engine machines that, that like the two fifties versus the 400? Yeah. So, um, you know, when you have the two fifties that I was riding before, uh, those bikes are made for, uh, I guess you could say more of a, uh, uh, sorry, a, a GP style. Um, obviously in the series I'm racing now, I have, a, you know, it's a totally different motorcycle, uh, and the program is, is a lot different. And, uh, from going from these GP bikes, uh, you know, Grand Prix race bikes that are made, uh, to race in a different kind of series. 
to more of a sport bike was uh, a bit of a jump and definitely a, a new chassis that I had to learn. Uh, but I think by being on the GP bikes when I was a lot younger, it gave me kind of, uh, some of the skills I have now, uh, on the, on the larger bikes and on the bikes that, uh, you know, have a different, different chassis, things like that. So it's definitely helped. And because I'm not you and I don't have the same experience you do correct me where I make errors. I watch MotoGP and I see guys, I, I see a Mark Marquez ride a specific branded tire and do things that are unbelievable. I see them change the manufacturer of the tire and he struggles or can't get the machine to, to work. Are all of the machines that, that you ride tire sensitive sp to specific brands? So I think that, uh, in MotoGP, you know, they, uh, they use one, one tire brand and that's Michelin. Um, but what they will change is the compounds of the tires and the different compounds, you know, you have your soft, medium, harder, you know, the basic that they'll have. Um, and you'll see that with a soft tire, they're able to go out and do really fast laps quickly, but the tire will wear off very quickly. Uh, so it's hard to go a long race distance with a softer tire. Uh, obviously with a harder tire, it's going to be difficult in those first few laps, but once you get to the closing laps of the race, that tire will really come into itself and, uh, can be beneficial for the longer races or, or tracks with a different surface. But, you know, in, in Moto America, we use uh, Dunlop tires and, uh, in the junior cup class, we, uh, we only have one compound, so it's the same for, for every rider, but you know, uh, speaking of, you know, different brands on a, on a certain bike, you know, you always obviously get different results from each, each tire, um, and different, uh, complaints or, you know, weaknesses or strengths. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see how, how much just the rubber underneath you can change everything. Beans that I've been around a couple more days, I've seen a progression in what they call class C traction, which is flat track tires, you know, where we used to run a street tire that was grooved or psyched for flat yeah. track versus the actual tires that are made for flat track. Now you also see a transition in the single compound street tires of yesteryear to the multi different styles of today, which allow, I think the machines to progress to a level that I don't think anybody ever seen some of them going as fast as they do. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool to see that progression as with everything, you know, everything's changing constantly. And each year, you know, you were getting different motorcycles, faster motorcycles, faster, you know, equipment, things that are going to better us as riders. Um, and it's really cool to see the evolution of the sport. Um, you know, uh, each year in road racing, you know, they're coming out with new like electronics things to help the, uh, the motorcycle handle better, um, different tires, different compounds of tires, uh, uh, different aerodynamics to make the bike go faster in straight line or, you know, stay down more, try not to wheelie as much, things like that. And it's, it's really crazy to see. Um, but how much, yeah. how much development in, in aerodynamics have you gotten into in the division you're in? 
Yeah. So, uh, well, the biggest like changes I've seen from, you know, me growing up is, has been something like the helmets helmets have changed a lot in the last few years. Uh, you know, I, I run in HJC helmet and just to see the big leap that they took from, you know, the small helmets with not really a, you know, what they will call a spoiler. I like to call fin on the back. Um, and now with this really big fin on the back to make it more aerodynamic when you're in a tuck and, you know, obviously with body work, um, of the motorcycle, it's a, it's a lot different than it used to be. And, uh, you know, small things here and there to just make the bike, uh, faster, more narrow and, uh, lighter is it's really cool. I, I bet it is. You were talking about aerodynamics, like fairings and things on the front of the machine. Have you, has your team gotten into changing fairings or modifying them for the aerodynamics? You see on the MotoGP stuff, they're almost changing the wings weekly. So I was just wondering if you guys had done um, anything like that. For Junior Cup, it's a spec series so that you're not allowed to do too much there. Um, but like you're saying with like MotoGP, they're always changing and they're always trying to find the fastest and the lightest and the most beneficial things to put on the bikes. Uh, since that's, you know, obviously an unlimited series. Um, but yeah, in, in junior cup, there's only a few things that you can do to, uh, make it, make it a little bit better in a straight line. Uh, more recently they made it so that, you know, I think it was one or two years ago, they made it so that, you know, your windscreen can be a little bit taller so that you can uh, have a little bit more of an air bubble when you're in a, in a talk uh, to help. But yeah, uh, Junior Cup, they, you can't do too much. Okay. Let's talk a little bit of tires. So you're, you're stuck. Everybody's running the same tire. You're adjusting air pressure and suspension to get it to work. Do you have tire uh, failure at the end of the motos or are your motos short enough or your race is short enough that, that you don't burn the tires up? Um, that depends on the track and the, the amount of, you know, we could say heat cycles sessions we have on the tire. Um, obviously with different pressures, it could come up with different results, but yeah, there we've run into a few issues at the end of races where the tires may get too hot and they overheat and it becomes, uh, you know, a lot, pretty slick, uh, the tire likes to spin a lot, but, um, you know, for me, we've gotten pretty lucky at least recently with, uh, setup and, uh, we've gotten better and better to where the ending laps of the race, the bike doesn't feel too bad. Uh, doesn't feel a lot different than it did when it started. So it feels really good right now. Are you on an electric, uh, driven machine where the electronics are working the throttle or are you on a cable system where you're controlling the on and off with the, with the lifting the slides, you know, old conventional style. Yeah. Ours are all all, uh, cable. That's that. So you roll the throttle on and you know how it's working um, versus the drive by wire system that some of the new newer bikes have. Yeah. Have you gotten to ride a machine that's drive by wire yet? I don't think so. No, I'm not. I don't think so. Yeah, all the I've ridden have been pretty, uh, you know, similar to to each other. And then all cable, same with brakes. Uh, we like, I prefer, you know, cable brakes instead of the hydraulic stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's all good. 
fill me in a little bit on that one because hydraulics are generally way better in the braking system. When you say you're going to a cable driven brake, what is that, or a cable system brake, what, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest thing between them is there's a lot of benefits from one to the other. I feel like uh, the hydraulics are a little bit um, more faulty um, when it comes to my kind of racing. Obviously, when you get to the bigger bikes, it could be different, but um, you know, uh, for me, it's always been that way. Um, more of the, the, I guess you could say, uh, mechanical side of that. You could probably talk to my dad about that, but yeah. Okay. So you're using something that doesn't run on hydraulic fluid. You, uh, you I no, I, you know, obviously you have brake fluid and things like that, right. but I, I don't, I don't think that ours is, uh, completely. I'm trying to remember, but I could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's okay. That's why I asked because I want to, I wanted clarification because braking is so key in what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's definitely not the spot you want to be in where you, you know, you don't have those, especially on, on my type of racing where it's front brakes are the biggest thing. Um, you know, obviously rear brake here and there and, uh, to get the bike where you kind of want it, but the front brake is where it's really at. And that's where you have to make the the biggest changes and you have to really trust that front end and that front tire as well as the brakes, uh, you know, to be able to stop the bike. Other than finger pressure, is there any valving that you can do for more pressure or less pressure on the front brakes? Um, it depends on, you know, levers, uh, what, what you use, what fluids you use. It, it all depends, brake pads, um, but rotors, but for me, um, I, I always like mine a little bit stiffer. So I have that initial bite when I'm going into the brakes. Um, I don't really like my brakes too spongy because I am a very hard breaker. Um, and I, uh, I like to have that initial bite really quickly. That's, that's pretty cool that, that, that the way you said that I'm a really hard breaker means that you're diving into the turns because you're going to gain positions by being able to outbreak them. Yeah. Yeah. It's really key to, you know, be good on something like that where uh, a lot of people tend to struggle and it's, it's cool to have that kind of strength going into the corners, but also it's important to be able to not outbreak yourself and not be able to, uh, you know, not go into a corner and uh, overshoot it. And I, I feel like I'm pretty decent at that. And uh, it's definitely gotten better in the last few years of carrying that momentum. That's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, so your flat track experience, does that help with the greasy tire when you're, when you've missed the setup and the tire gets hot at the end of the end of the race? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I think I've had a few, uh, moments here and there where the rear tire wants to come around or even under braking, the rear wants to come around. And I feel like, uh, being able to let the bike slide for me, uh, you know, having that flat track background has uh, definitely helped with that and uh, being comfortable with the bike always moving. Um, and even when, you know, you have to go off roading when you don't want to, you know, get pushed off the track. Um, it's always kind of nice to to have that background to be able to get the bike stopped and where you want it to be. Do you think, and I'm going to change it, I'm going to really shift gears on you. 
Do you think Nikki Hayden, Hayden going over to Europe and racing with the Europeans, um, they weren't huge flat trackers to my knowledge until Nikki went over there. Do you think that he changed that world for them? I think he definitely played a big part. I think, so. you know, some of the guys there uh, did it a lot, but, uh, you know, obviously the Americans that went over there were the big flat track guys. And, uh, you know, Nikki coming in and being so strong those first few years and then eventually winning his uh, the world championship. And, you know, I believe it was his third year racing in, in MotoGP, second or third year racing in MotoGP. I think it kind of made that that switch in some of those guys' minds saying that, you know, flat track's a big deal. Obviously in, in countries like Spain and Italy, flat track were already, was already pretty big. Uh, but I think it definitely uh, made people realize that it was more beneficial than they probably thought. I, I think so, because you look at some of the stuff that Marquez and a few of those other riders do, it directly comes from flat track. Yeah. Do you get into uh, scuffing off some of the the speed with taking your leg and sticking it out like they do uh, in, in MotoGP? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you know, going into the corner, you know, you see some of the top guys. You know, they'll do a little bit of a a leg dangle going into the corners, and that's more of just feel thing. I do that every once in a while. You know, obviously, I'm not going to go every lap and do it only when it's necessary for me to be able to uh, feel more comfortable going into a corner. But, um, you know, when it comes to mid corner, uh, it's all, all the same for, you know, the guys that are racing professionally, um, where, you know, you're in the middle of the corner, the feel through, you know, your knee or elbow in the middle of it. And then, like I said, coming out of the corner, it's really nice to have that kind of flat track background where you're, you're sliding the bike a bit. That's gotta be so much fun on the asphalt. I've, I've, I've never had that feel where. I, I felt comfortable with it on the asphalt. Um, you know, we did some ATV stuff, four wheeler stuff on the asphalt, which for me was no problem, but you're on four wheelers, not two. So it's, yeah. it's totally different. Um, your lean angle. What's the farthest over that you get that machine? Is it like the MotoGP bikes where are you that far over? Uh, for my type of bike, uh, which is more of a sport bike. Uh, you won't get as far as the GP bikes, but you still get down really low. Uh, I think it's, I'm trying to remember the lean angle. I, I don't exactly remember because uh, they don't really show it on the, on the live uh, programs like they usually do in MotoGP. But yeah, it, you can get pretty low on those bikes. Obviously, when you're getting the bigger bikes, um, the lean angle increases uh, as you, keep going up in, in the classes, but yeah, uh, it, it goes over pretty far. I didn't know this because I didn't pay attention to this until we started talking about it. Do you wear the cups on your elbows? Yeah. Yeah. The sliders, the elbow sliders. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty incredible. Um, let me ask you point blank. Do you use them? I, I have before. Yeah. I, I use them. Um, I, not as much on the 400, but I'll use them on my, on my, uh, my 690, my Kramer 690. I use them a bit. Um, and that's all based on feel. I think that for me, my riding style, uh, you know, obviously dragging elbow isn't very, uh, you know, isn't necessary, but it happens every once in a while. And, uh, that's just all feel based. And, you know, obviously as with lean angle comes, you know, dragging more things. So, uh, you know, for me, 
I use it sometimes, uh, not as often as some other riders, but um, that all comes with riding style too. Is dragging your knee comfortable for you now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's something I've been doing since I was like probably six or seven. And, uh, you know, it's something that you learn as a rider. And I think it's just, uh, you know, more feel gets you off the bike feels, uh, you know, definitely how you ride the motorcycle. And, uh, for me, I've always been, um, like I said, with the riding style, it could be a lot different with upper body, lower body. Um, and it's all different for every rider. That's why you see in MotoGP, not everyone looks the same when they're riding the bike. I agree. I agree. And I didn't realize this until just recently. Mark Marquez is a little bitty guy. Yeah, I t- I uh, actually got to meet him last year uh, at Circuit of the Americas. And he was only probably uh, three to five inches taller than me. So, yeah, he's pretty small. Yeah, that's I didn't realize that he was that little of a man because uh, because I'm going to butcher his name. Donalo. Nilo, yeah. Nilo, he's a tall. He's tall for a, a racer, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty tall. He's probably five uh, eleven, maybe. But uh, one Valentino Rossi, I actually met at Coda too, and he's one of the taller guys. He's around six foot, and uh, it was just tall for you know the the average motorcycle racer. I think that uh, you know you have um, some of the older GP riders like. Danny Pedrosa, who is my height. So, uh, you know, it, they all, they come in different sizes, I guess you could say. How tall are you? I am five, three, I believe. Okay. So not super tall. Do, do you think you're going to get any taller? Probably not, <laughs> but it's just fine with me. I think that, um, it comes with its, with its, uh, benefits and with, with the smaller, uh, stature, I guess you could say, but, um, it's just pretty cool. You know, obviously in a straight line, it could help. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you have to make up with, for, uh, in strength and things, uh, to be able to move the bike around like some of the taller riders can with more leverage, but, um, you know, it's all good. So let's shift gears on you and, and, and change it up. What do you do for for training to get yourself prepared for, for this? There are a lot of things that, uh, I do. I like to do a lot of upper body strength training and, uh, endurance training. Um, and obviously since, uh, I'm a female and in a male dominated sport, there's some things I have to do differently to, uh, compensate for some of the things that guys can do, um, a lot easier. So, um, you know, I, I do a lot. I do a lot. It's a little bit, you know, confidential, I guess you could say, but there's really? a lot of work going into it. So for conditioning, let's just get into that. Most guys like to road bike, run, swim. Are you into yeah. all of those activities as well? Yeah. I like doing a, a lot of them, probably not as much swimming. I'm not too fond of water, but, uh, you know, everything else I do pretty, I like to do. Yeah. The road bike expands the lungs. Yeah. Doing the, uh, upper body exercises that you do. Do you notice any uh, fatigue during the race? Because generally they say that when you're riding racing motorcycles or, or machines like that, you don't want to lift weights. Do you notice any kind of 
disruption in the, in the, you know, arm pump fatigue, anything like that? Uh, for me, I I've been pretty lucky. I don't really notice it much. Uh, I have pretty good endurance so I can last the races, uh, a good bit. I think, um, I've only really experienced arm pump when I'm riding my, my dirt bikes or my supermoto bikes, but, um, on my, my bikes, I, I don't feel that. And, uh, which I'm pretty lucky because it could be pretty difficult to ride like that, but I'm usually pretty good about managing, you know, my heart rate and, uh, lasting throughout the races. What's the difference between the supermoto bike and the road bike? Yeah. So my, my supermoto is a, uh, YZ 125. Uh, so it's a, it's a dirt bike. Um, and you know, with street, I guess you could say street wheels, uh, you know, I take off my, the takeoffs, my, you know, tires that I won't really use anymore from my, uh, bigger bikes, my road, right. My, uh, road racing bikes, and I'll put them on the uh, 125 and use that as a training bike. And, uh, it's pretty good training. I, I like it a lot. Uh, but that it's really just a dirt bike with minor suspension changes. Um, and it's, it's pretty fun. It, you get a lot of that extra arm vibration from the two stroke and things that you need to keep cut down on arm pump on that yeah. trainer, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I think that's when I kind of started to notice it. It was when I got onto the, uh, 125 and started riding that thing a lot. It was when I was like, okay, this is definitely working on my arms a lot more and giving me more arm pump than I, I felt. But, uh, I think by riding it, it's definitely, um, helped with that. And, uh, I've gotten a lot stronger with it. I like to promote the women's sports and the women in sport. Um, there's quite a few of the, of the motocross, ATV gals that I've had on and the off-road gals. And in your view, in the man sport that you're in, do you believe that there will be a come a point in time when you physically won't be able to ride with them? I don't think so. I think that road racing is uh, a different kind of sport where uh, you see in motocross, it's definitely difficult for, um, you know, I guess you could say women to be as competitive, but I think that with everything, if there's enough dedication and, and time put into it, I think that, um, you know, we can go a long way. And, uh, as of right now, it's going really well. I'm showing that I can hang there with, with these guys. And I think I, I believe that I could go, um, as far as Superbike with, with my career and hopefully be uh, competitive there. And same with, you know, women in general, I think that, um, like I said, if there's enough hard work and dedication, I think that we could definitely go there. Well, I noticed that in flat track, in the professional flat track ranks, there's a couple of young ladies that are yeah. winning nationals and, and doing quite well. Yeah. So yep. are we challenging, putting the challenge out to the men right here, right now that, that you're coming? I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, how about MotoGP? Should we call Mark and tell him to look out? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, well, well, maybe we'll get there one day. We'll see. A little premature, maybe. <laughs> I well, I hope to get there. I think that in the next few years, as we keep getting faster and faster, we'll see how it pans out. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, I'll I'll be up there with with Mark and and all those guys at some point. I hope so too. I I think that I love your attitude because you you put no barriers. There's no stops. And, no, yeah. and, and I think that you have to have that 
to excel in the sport you're in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, You're doing it. You're just telling me that where it's at. And I think that with all the athletes that I've been around my whole career, the ones that put limits are the ones that never made it. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I think that, uh, there's endless opportunities and, uh, you know, with my sport, um, you know, there's, you always want to get better and keep progressing. That's the biggest thing. Exactly. So next year we're talking about bumping up a class. Yep. (laughs) Hopefully a little bigger, little bigger, faster machine. And uh, if the opportunity arises, if the opportunity isn't there, will you stay in the, in the junior division one more year? Most likely. Yeah. I think that, uh, depending on here, how this year pans out, I think that we're still in the hunt for the championship at the moment. We're not too far back and we could still possibly, uh, win it if we can, or be in the top three. Uh, as of right now, we're sitting fourth in the championship. So we're right outside of that top three, but you know, uh, if the opportunity comes and, um, or if it doesn't, you know, we'll try to stay in the class one more year and, uh, try to keep getting better and faster and, uh, keep improving my riding. That's, that's all you can ask. Um, how many races are left in the championship hunt? So, uh, we have four rounds and each round we have two races. So we have, uh, eight races left in the championship. When you go to the, because I don't know the exact format, when you show up at the venue, um, Friday's practice day. Yeah. So I'll show up, um, on Thursday, we'll get everything set up on Thursday, get all, all of our media in or, uh, riders meetings, things like that, uh, track walk and things like that. Get the team set up, the bike set up and ready to go for, uh, the next following day. So Friday we'll go out for uh, our free practice. Um, free practice one. And that's about a, uh, 30 minute session. And then we will have Q1 qualifying one at the end of the day. Um, and that's a 30 minute session as well. And then that's it for Friday. And then on Saturday, we'll have our qualifying two in the morning, which is a 25 minute session usually. And then our race one later that day. And, uh, then for that's it for Saturday. And then for Sunday, we have our warm-up in the morning and then race two. Qualifying is, is, is always important uh, because it gives you your starting position. Um, rain weather, when you get into rain, do they have special rain tires or do you guys, are you guys done? Yeah, we have our rain tires. Uh, our rain tires are a, lot, are a lot like flat track tires um, that you'll see them run, but you know, for us, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, a lot of people will tell me I'm a good wet weather rider. Um, and it's, it's good. And I think that with my, obviously my flat track background, that's definitely helped, uh, feeling more comfortable in the, in the rain. Um, obviously if the track is too, um, too, I guess you could say slick or unsafe, or there's too much standing water, um, you know, we'll delay the races, but as long as the track is ready to go um, and it's safe, um, we'll ride in the wet. I like riding in the wet. It's not too bad. That's that's having that skill set is great because it gives you an advantage during a rain race for the guys that don't want to race in the rain or don't, aren't yeah. very good or aren't very confident. And you can you can you can gain some big points. 
Definitely. You made a comment earlier in our conversation that the gentlemen that you race with now are you've been racing with for a while. Uh, they came up through the ranks, same levels as you. Yeah, a lot of the guys I raced with are uh, probably around three years older than me. And uh, we've all been racing together for a while, you know, from the smaller bikes uh, all the way up. So it's really cool. Obviously, you have some of the riders that come over from Europe or are a little bit older that I haven't really raced with um, or live on the other side of the country, I guess you could say, too. Um, and you get them in the mix and it's really cool to race with new guys, but yeah, a lot of the guys I race with now are, uh, people I've grown up with, which is really fun. So we're getting close to the end here, but I want to ask a question about leaning on each other. Is yeah. that, is that a talent and, and is it used to make passes or, or tell somebody, Hey, you need to, you need to back off. Yeah. I, you know. Uh, my, my stance on that has changed a a little bit in these last few weeks, you know, uh, we had something that happened at Ridge and it's all good racing, you know, uh, bumping a little bit is not too bad. I, I kind of like it, you know, it's fun. You get the tough races, uh, hard passes, things like that. And it's fun to race with. Um, but then you get into things to where it causes incidents, kind of like I saw last weekend where they are racing incidents and it happens, but you know, obviously you don't want it to happen. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, sometimes you, you hit or someone hits you too hard and it causes a crash and definitely not what you want, especially if you're in a championship hunt, but it happens. I think that as long as it's good, clean racing, where you're not taking another rider out or things like that, uh, I'm all good with it. But when it comes to the point where you're hitting too hard or you're making a pass that, isn't going to stick or is going to make another guy crash. It's, it's not, not fair. Not, not, um, I guess you could say, uh, acceptable. As you move up in the ranks, do you think that more aggressive riding where you're using possibly the, the position of your other, other, t- uh, other competitor to, to keep you in the groove or to keep you from going down and maybe having to move them out of the way to do this, is this going to be acceptable uh, as you move up into the, the, the dollar figure racing per se? I think that the, you know, obviously when you're moving up classes, the riders change and, and uh, the aggression can change. Uh, in my class now I'm racing with a lot of young guys that are trying to prove their point. And so I think that this class is really aggressive. Um, and same with super sport, you know, that the, um, one of the next classes up, you know, you have some really aggressive riders who aren't afraid to make those passes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. It's all good racing, all fun. Um, but yeah, I think aggress- aggression, you know, can definitely, um, get, uh, progressively, I guess you could say, uh, harder, um, as you move up in the ranks. That's, that's going to be something to watch. And I'm, I think that the way you're answering cautiously or um, not too aggressively in, in your answer means that that you can lean or or be leaned on either way and, and be OK with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Like I said, as long as you're not taking me out, I'm all good. That's that's incredible. Young lady, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know that we had a little disruption in the middle. Uh, but it was a great conversation. I think you're mature beyond your years in 
how you speak of the racing and the terminology you use. Not many people are that fluent even after they've done it for 20 or 30 years. And I like your answers and um, you are uh, uh, very thought through how you answer those questions. So um, not to give too much information, but not to not give any at all. Um, somebody's either coached you or, or you understand how the game's played. <laughs> it's all good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, make sure you tell your dad that he's done a wonderful job uh, building what I am going to say is possibly a champion in the making. And uh, I would just tell all the young men out there, look out because you're coming. <laughs> awesome. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.